Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Joshua Jackson. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating the people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. If you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, please go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Each week on this program, I'm joined by a different leadership figure from the world of business, education, politics, sports, or even from local communities in the aim of truly discovering who these people are that get up every morning and make this great country work. We get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK and discuss everything from supply chain headaches to good quality hospitality and of course the success and the innovation that makes it all worthwhile in the end. On today's programme, I'm delighted to be joined by Terence Carvalho, the General Manager of Beckett's South Sea. Terence, welcome onto the show. Hello, thanks for having me. No, not a problem at all. It's absolutely fantastic um, to be having you on today. Um, as listeners are about to, to find out, the amount that you've been doing over the last 18 months, not only keeping a restaurant going and, and supporting staff, but, but helping your, your local community in, in various ways, it's going to be really interesting to be hearing your story. But, um, you know, it's always you know one thing we can't ignore. Um, the COVID situation, business interruption. Yep. Um, you know, how's everything been over the last year, 18 months? Everybody has been in the same boat. Nobody's enjoyed the last 18 months. It, it's been horrific. Um, was it free lockdowns, a circuit breaker? You know, it's been stop, start, stop, start for the last 18 months. Um, but fortunately, I mean, this, this is probably the longest period we've had open since COVID. So hopefully this is it now. We can, we can stay open. We can keep uh, doing the testing, the vaccinations are going well. We keep going and, and get back to normal life as soon as we can. Um, you know, we're only around the corner now from Christmas, so hopefully we can we can all enjoy a great Christmas and soon put this all behind us. That is uh, a horrible point to, to bring up already there, Terence. that uh, we're just around the corner from Christmas, um, especially for somebody that works in your profession as well. But, um, you know, given that uh, you are the, the general manager of a, of a really high quality restaurant, um, you know, bar, really lovely um you know, atmosphere and, and building and have won sort of so many awards over the past uh, couple of years, despite all of the challenges, you must really have some great insights into what it's been like to sort of run a business, keep it going, despite, um, you know, as, as you say, all of the, the, the business interruption and the closures. What, how did you cope with that? What were you feeling like every time that you had to lock down, you had to let put staff on furlough, you had to, um, you know, throw out X amounts of thousands worth of stock that, that may have been perishable? Horrible. Um, horrific. I mean, the first thing we would have to do was phone up um, customers to let them know we're cancelling bookings. I mean, that took almost a week for, you know, having to go through three to potentially six months worth of bookings to cancel them. We had to make a decision whether to, you know, give anyone refunds and deposits, refunds on, on christenings, on weddings, on baby showers, when we knew, in fact, we had no idea how long it would be till we get any income coming back to the business. Um, and then you're obviously trying to juggle the, this along with trying to manage the welfare of your staff. Um, mental health has been something which has been so big, not just in hospitality, but in, in the whole world. Um, 
with um, celebrities sort of talking about mental health a lot more, people a lot more aware of their own mental health. And especially during COVID where we were all locked in our homes, couldn't do anything, couldn't see family, couldn't see friends. It became even harder, um, especially when you have to manage your staff, you know, just because we were on furlough and, and couldn't go into work. It, it didn't mean that I couldn't speak to my staff. You know, I still felt I had a duty to make sure they were okay, make sure they they knew exactly what I was expecting when we did reopen, but also for them to know that I was there in case they needed anything, whether that be them testing positive for COVID and me having to drop off supplies to them or whether they just needed somebody to vent to about um, government decisions. But it, it was more the, it was more like being a therapist at times rather than a manager, um, which was probably probably the only time really in my whole hospitality career where I've been so out of control of a situation that had to maintain some size, some kind of control. That's a really good point there. None of this was in anybody's control. It was always outside um, events that have, you know, everyone's had to adapt to, really. Um, everyone's had to sort of stand up and, um, you know, make themselves accountable for their actions, but also the challenges then of being in that business leading position it's great to hear that you are you know supporting the staff there and you know do you think that over this time your leadership style has changed do you think that you've you know had to become more um, empathic more or stronger with the way that you're dealing with staff to make sure that when the opportunities to come back into work were there that people were there to work i think if anything i've had to be more resilient um, because no matter how my staff are feeling or if they were feeling bad about COVID or about coming back, the nerves of what to do in what situation, you know, wearing masks, you know, all these little things which were barriers in terms of working, I had to try and remain as focused as possible and be as positive as possible and let the staff know that no matter what happens, I had their back. And knowing that our job was to, you know, keep the business going. Um, we, we had no idea what it's going to be like when we opened the doors for the first time. Fortunately, since we opened the doors um, from the first lockdown to the second lockdown to the third lockdown, we've been extremely busy and the staff have taken that upon themselves. They've, they've come back stronger um, and I think they've come back more resilient as well. Um, I have great confidence in them. They, they, they just seem to adapt to any situation which is thrown in front of them. Um, and regardless how tough the situation is, they seem to just bounce back stronger and they're always smiling. So I'm very fortunate in the fact that I've got a great team who just always always happy to to do the job and to come in and do the best they can that's really you know a positive thing there that uh, you have the team that you can rely on it's uh, it's not been the same across the country you know when you are seeing such challenges for the hospitality industry getting staff back in um into the industry making you know so many people have had different you know sort of mindsets that have been going on you know wanting to to move out of the cities wanting to have a better work-life balance not appreciating potentially the culture and that seems then that if your staff are wanting to come back that you've really instilled that quality culture within the organization that they're willing to to jump back into the fray um do you have you seen uh any of those challenges that others have within the hospitality industry um or has it been relatively smooth sailing when it's come to getting everybody back and and being able to reopen the doors uh staffing certainly been an issue in particular with um getting chefs back um you know a number of the chefs who were in the industry have have gone off during lockdown retrade and gone into different industries and Obviously, you can completely understand why they wouldn't come back to hospitality. And if they found a job which they've got nine to five, Monday to Friday, every evening, or bank holidays off, 
you, you can get you can get the attraction of that. However, the atmosphere and the family sort of atmosphere that you build within hospitality is second to none. Um, there isn't a there isn't a industry like hospitality. There isn't an industry which works so hard but has such big rewards at the end of it. I mean, just for you know, if you're working in an office nine to five, at the end of that five o'clock shift, you just go home. At the end of a hospitality shift, we all sit together. We talk about how the shift went. We talk about each other's plans. We talk about the weekend. We talk about what's coming up. We talk about, you know, the Victoria Festival we just had. We, we all speaking to each other. So we're constantly in communication, which I think when we're talking about things like mental health, it's actually a really handy environment to work in because we don't just come to work, finish, and then go home. We, we're actively communicating with each other all the time. I think that's uh, very much something that anybody, myself included, that's worked within the hospitality industry knows. The people that are on your shoulder, that are working there, that are having to deal with the stresses and the rushes and the pressure and obviously the long hours and and the late nights. um, It becomes like a a second family and and that is something, again, that that why people stay within the industry and they love it. And it really is that that culture there again that that makes people, you know, excel within what is a lot of the time an under appreciated and, and very hard working environments but um you know during this time as well it's been great following your own personal story um you know you when the restaurant shut down you didn't just stay at home you didn't just you know think oh well this is a an opportunity for me to take some time off you really stood up, you got involved in the local community, you were running a, a vaccination centre, um, you know, being on the front lines there and, um, you know, really helping to sort of get over this pandemic across the UK. And, you know, how did you, how did you find that? Was that a, a change? Was it transferable skill? Was it something that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to sort of treasure as a new experience? Mm. Yeah. Um, the first lockdown, you know, I was at home for two, three months and, I was just so bored. Um, I'm not used to being home a day, let alone for months on end. So it was it was really tough. Um, but this time around, an opportunity came up. I was asked whether I wanted to help out in managing a COVID test centre, and I jumped at it. You know, I, I wanted to do something for Portsmouth. I wanted to give back. I wanted to try something different um, because, you know, obviously I've never worked for public health. Um, I never worked for the local council before. So this was something where I could get my teeth into, which was completely different to the industry that I'd worked in, but at the same time to see whether I could adapt my managerial skills into a completely different environment. Um, and yeah, I did that for seven months. So, you know, I've just left. Um, so now my focus is solely on Beckett. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great thing to get involved in. I'm pleased I said yes to the opportunity. Um, and yeah, I certainly learned not a lot, not just um, about the public health industry itself, but also how how I've had to adapt as a manager and things that I learned maybe at the test center, which I had to take to Beckett in terms of changing the way that I deal with certain situations. So, you know, Terence, I can imagine that there was actually a lot of pressure involved in, in making sure, you know, you're holding on to the, the safety protocols. People are coming in to get tested, you know, whilst people are asked to be staying at home if they have um, symptoms. I am sure that there were many that turned up that, you know, 
did you have to have difficult conversations to say, actually, you are displaying symptoms, you can't come in for your test, this is time for you to go home? Uh, or was it you know, relatively smooth sailing that people were abiding by the rules, that people were patients, that there was that community um, you know, atmosphere whilst uh, you were having to, to get people through the doors? I'm a bit of both, actually. I, I think it was rare. You did have the odd, odd occasion where there was a lot of pressure to deal with certain situations where you'd be asked, hundreds and hundreds of questions as if you were a physician um, or work for the NHS directly and actually you're just there managing a test centre. You know, you're not a doctor, you're not a nurse, you can't answer all these questions, but at the same time, you were expected to be able to help out as much as you can. Um, and obviously, trying to refer people to go to their doctors or going to get tests elsewhere, people were quite hesitant to. They, they wanted their situation dealt with there and then. Um, but luckily, working in hospitality, you, you deal with these issues on a daily basis. You deal with some very irrational things at, at sometimes, and you know sometimes you're dealing with floods and fires and, and all sorts. So you're trying to manage loads of things. So for me, dealing with a person who's right in front of you, it, it's in your control. Whereas in hospitality, there's, there's things that are not in control. You, you could be serving a full restaurant and suddenly the electricity goes. That that's a big issue. Whereas this issue, you know. If I didn't have the answer, I had a great team behind me who I could go find the answer from or as simple as going onto the government website and finding the exact answer for what specific test this person needed to go abroad. Um, obviously, that could be difficult because the government worked great at updating the website. But, you know, there, there were things that you had which you could refer to. And, uh, you know, that's been a lot of part of the problem, hasn't it? The um, the, the bureaucratic uh, cogs uh, turning so slowly at points or turning too quickly at others and people struggling to, to sort of catch up. But, um, you know, it's, it's great to hear that obviously you took that opportunity to jump into that community um, aspect to, you know, heighten your skills and not just sort of sit at home. It was, uh, you know, as I say, an interesting learning experience. But you've also, you know, recently been voted onto the board of trustees for a local education charity, um, the Literacy Hubs. What's all that about? Yeah. Well, I was approached um, by a lovely lady called Jackie, who's the CEO um, sorry, she's the chair of the um, organisation. Um, I had heard a few things about the Literacy Hub, but I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't know too much about it. I knew of it, but I didn't know of what the organisation actually did. Um, so essentially, it's about giving younger people the chance to really improve their literacy skills, especially those who are going from the, sort of, uh, the jump between primary school to secondary school. Um, and it was something which I was really interested in because there was something which came up that, Portsmouth had the lowest um, percentage in literacy in, in young children in the country, which really hit home for me because I was just amazed. Um, growing up, I was not the biggest reader, yet my reading levels were always really high. If, if there was a book or something that I wasn't interested in, which I had to learn from school, it just wouldn't go in. If it was something about football, then it would go straight in. You know, it, I, I had to be interested in the subject. Yeah. But for me, it was, um, I was thinking, well, I was really fortunate. I had a great level of reading because my parents pushed me to be able to read and the school pushed me to read. But actually, if I didn't have those people pushing me, then I'd probably be in the same state as these, these kids are now. And of course, with lockdown as well, not being able to go to school, having to, having to do online lessons, I can imagine that is even tougher. So when I was asked to become involved in this charity, I just thought, yeah, you know what? I, I want to do something for the city. And if there's something more I could do for Portsmouth and make a difference in people's lives and I absolutely have to do that. 
it's a really laudable attitude that um, you know wanting to take on the roles and, and get involved um, you know for your again for your local community your 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 city um, you know it's because of people like you that have stood up that you know this is such a great country to to be in and you know that uh, this is exactly what we want to hear on this podcast of of the little extras that that business leaders are doing to stand up as you say not only for your staff but for people that you don't know for people that you know may not be sort of in a as fortunate a position or, or helping people to get to that fortunate position really so that's really you know incredible to hear but um you know from your own perspective as well it's been a case and you know going back to Beckett's it's been a case of award after award after award over the last um you know couple of years which yeah. is again testament to the quality of of your leadership style and the team around you the owners and uh, um you know the the latest um was just this week i believe um where you've been uh, shortlisted or you know some sh- shortlisted for hospitality management and, and team of the year i believe mm. yeah so that one actually came through just this morning so we we won a, another award so that's the ninth in, in two years so yeah it's been a crazy two years considering i think 13 14 months of that we were closed so the fact that we've still come back stronger we're still winning awards it's just amazing really and testament to the great work that the front of house the kitchen team and, and the owners have done you know we've we've all had uh, difficulties but we've all come together and, and come back stronger and i know there was another as well that um you know unfortunately you you didn't manage to win but um you know you were quite you know proud of uh, of being shortlisted for and that was the entrepreneur of the year at the business excellence awards 2021 um you know how did how did that come about and um you know what was your your sort of feeling on that yeah um to be honest i was, I was quite embarrassed when i was uh, told i had been nominated for that because in my opinion, I should not have been even on the list um, because I'm not an entrepreneur. You know, I, I don't own Beckett. I, I manage it, but I'm not an entrepreneur. So I had to be very, uh, you know, obviously I was proud to be listed for it, but at the same time embarrassed because I, I did not feel like uh, I should have been on that list with some incredible entrepreneurs who who are entrepreneurs in the city. So, of course, uh, having to sort of go through the whole charade of that, was um, it wasn't fun. But I got some great messages of support. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great surprise that I didn't win. So, yeah, that's <laughs> a fair left in the past, but we'll see. Well, there will be more awards, I'm sure. Absolutely. But I, I can imagine there are a few things that you took from that as well. Um, you know, again, learning from the, the difficulties of potentially being in a position that you didn't sort of think that you found yourself in. But still, uh, it, it is a reflection of, of what community, you know, thinks about you given the extras that you've been putting in and um you know whilst you say entrepreneurship you know is around tends to be around uh you know having businesses and and sort of you know employing staff and things like that it's not just about that it is about sort of stepping up and, and making sure that you're taking on new challenges and uh, and being around new things and i'm sure that's exactly why um you know you were shortlisted for it but um you know something to think about for the future and maybe sort of wanting to, to start your own business uh further down the line and uh, hopefully got a good few connections from it but um, um you know you, we've obviously spoken you've mentioned it a couple of times throughout this you know making sure that that mental health was on top of your your list of priorities for dealing with staff and for helping those people around you um this you know pandemic hasn't just been about business it's been about the stresses on the individual um you know the outside pressures of people that are worried about their jobs but also worried about 
about their families, um, you know, and then actually the fact that there is a, a disease going out there that um, you know is hard to hard to pinpoint who has what. Um, you know, how did you protect your own health during this time? You know, it's all right saying that um, you know you've supported others, but a lot of the time it's about making sure that you yourself are healthy. Without you being healthy, you can't help others. Are there any sort of you know yeah. tips that you'd like to share there, or um, you know experiences? Well, the first lockdown, I did a lot of um, online courses. I did some courses on things which I probably wouldn't normally touch. So I did a few finance um, accounts sort of courses just to keep my mind active because I could feel myself after the second or third day of being locked down that I was just brain dead. You know, I, I felt like I wasn't doing anything. So I thought, okay, let's, you know, I need to keep active, need to keep doing stuff. So I started to do that. I was, I was definitely reading a lot more as well. I, learned, I did read a few leadership books. Um, I was constantly on the news as well. Uh, I don't know why, because that didn't help. You know, I was obsessed with the COVID case numbers and how many people affected by by county or by by age group. You know, you, you sort of get lost in the statistics. And then eventually I just thought, you know what, I'm going to stop looking at this. this. This is not really helping. Um, but I kept in constant communication with some of the staff members, making sure they were okay. So that, that kept me busy as well, because they were, you know, they, they seemed to have been struggling more than I was. Uh, and then obviously the COVID test center came about. So that helped me uh, focus in a different way. And of course, although I was working, nothing was open. So I couldn't do anything other than go to work, go home, go to work, go home, go to work, go home. And that was a daily occurrence. There was no, there was nowhere to sort of um, offlay any stress. It was just working home. Um, but I truly believe that in, in, you know, in these sort of times, the more resilient you are, and the more you can sort of recover from adversity. But when those hard times do come again, you know exactly what to do. You know what to do with your own health and you just stay focused on the goal. And the goal was always to get back to open as quickly as possible. Um, and that's why I was sort of obsessed with the news because I wanted to know when can we open, when can I start planning to get staff in, when can I start doing training, when can I get the staff back into the, the, the mindset of we're going back full on, you know, to be back to doing full-time hours, being very busy all the time. So I think for me, it was always seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and just keep just keep going. That is a, a very interesting way. You know, a lot of business leaders that I talk to, they've had um, sort of support groups, um, you know, helping them, you know, to speak to their peers about uh, about the issues that only sort of people in their position um can can understand and know and obviously yourself you just seem to have, have taken it on um you know shouldered the responsibility got out there and done more and um that's another perfect way of dealing with it rather than just sort of sitting at home and uh, and watching the news um you know it hasn't yeah. been great when people are just you know refreshing that uh, that live update on uh, on the BBC and uh, getting more and more sort of panicked and, and, and drawn in to the issues. But that is a problem with uh, sort of modern news and, um, you know, the fact that the bad news sells. But that's a wider issue rather than something we should yeah. uh, we should probably <laughs> steer clear of, uh, of today. But, um, you know, so how are you sort of looking forwards now? Are you, you know, committed still to the hospitality industry? Do you see, um, you know, yourself staying here for the, for the foreseeable? Well, it's been 14 years, um, so my, my career is sort of built on it, really. Um, whether I would stay in hospitality, I, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is, uh, you know, over the next year, maybe two years, that my focus will be on Beckett. Um, we're not out of the woods with COVID yet. You know, there's still going to be so much um, hardship. You know, furlough comes to an end of this month. We'll feel the impact of that, I'm sure. 
people will lose their jobs, people will lose their homes. It's, there's, there's a lot more hardship to come. Um, and then also, you know, VAT rises um, with the Chancellor changing his mind on, on some of the VAT rates. So that will um, have an impact into not just this year, but the next year as well. So this time next year, we could still be not fighting for survival, but still fighting. You know, the industry is, is ravaged at the moment. You look at retail, retail, um, it's all online sales. You're looking at the high streets, there's shop, clo- shop closures all the time. So it's not over yet, um, but I'm ready for the fight. Uh, keep Beckett's on top of the virtues if we can um, and just keep going. But in terms of my own personal career, um, I'm not sure. Um, maybe maybe this will be the last hospitality job for me. Maybe it won't, but we'll see. At the moment, the focus is just Beckett's and we'll see what happens. That's uh, you know a good way to, to think about it as well. Maintain focus on, on what you're looking at right now and uh, sort of have a you know maybe a broad brush idea of where, do, where you want to end up, but uh, uh, sort of don't commit to it during this time you know it is right that you are wanting to look after the business and uh, and look after those around you to, to as you say get through uh, the issues and you know speaking more broadly about um you know just sort of the next 12 months and and how you see it obviously there are supply chain issues right now there are staffing issues with um you know the impact of brexit being felt there is that christmas period coming up there is still on the uh, horizon the, the sort of threat of more covid restrictions or you know, sort of lockdowns, yeah. um, you know, uh, circuit breakers, small uh, challenges that, that could be felt over this winter period. Do you think that the next 12 months will be more positive or do you actually think that it is going to be, you know, a real struggle? I think we just we just have to be realistic. Um, you know, the, the vaccination is going well. Uh, the issue we have, I think the 16 to 24 year olds, uh, the take up's not been great. Um, and I don't think social media helps with that. But the, the good thing is that the cases are lower compared to, you know, in each country, in each um, case by 100,000, which we're comparing to daily, it, it has tailed off. But of course, the schools go back this week, will there be an impact? So I think um, all the long-term plans that we used to make before, they're slightly short-term plans now. It's more like looking forward to the next two or three months rather than six to nine months. Um, because, you know, last time when we had to close down, we were given a week's notice and then we had to throw away all the stock, let all the staff know. And of course, when you go into these constant lockdowns, you might lose staff. Staff might find new jobs. They might think it's time to leave the industry. So you're having to cope with those all very last minute, very short term issues. But I think at the same time, when you're, when you're in a managerial position, that it's your job to think about those things all the time. And unfortunately, you have all these stresses all the time, but you're in a job where that's what you have to deal with. That's, that's your job and you just have to do it the best you can. That's, um, you know, again, a, a really interesting viewpoint, Sam, you know, just dealing with it as things come, you know, dealing with the events, dear boy events, as the, uh, you know, the saying goes, there are going to be so many things outside of your, your particular control. But it seems, you know, from your mindset, um, you know, from the way that you are as a person, that you're able to rise to these challenges, that you are able to adapt and, uh, and overcome. Um and I think that's a, a really great uh, sort of way to, to finish this um, interview, Terence. It's been an absolute pleasure sort of speaking to you, learning about your particular mindsets and, um, you know, how you've, as you say, again, risen to the challenges and uh, really, um, you know, been a positive force um, for Portsmouth, for your local community, for, for Beckett's, um, for the vaccination centre, for those that are wanting and struggling to with their literacy, um, you know, over the past sort of 12 months of 
fantastic uh, you know sort of resume during some of the most difficult periods um, that this country's faced since World War Two. So I'd like to offer my you know personal uh, congratulations whilst I have the chance. And again, I'd love to have you back on in a few months once you've got a clearer picture of uh, you know how the hospitality industry has been and um, to hear a little bit more in depth you know about you know the business running. That'll be amazing. Thank you very much for having me. Not a problem at all, Terence. Thank you. That was Terence Carvalho, General Manager of Beckett South Sea. A fantastic interview exploring community challenges to hospitality and Terence's plans for the future. Uh, thank you all very much for listening to this episode of the Leaders Council podcast and I wish you well for the ongoing week.